Hello and welcome to another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And guess what, Reese? We are going back to the Super Bowl! Let's go, Chiefs! Reese, I I can't believe it. This version of the Kansas City Chiefs, the 2022 Kansas City Chiefs that lose to the Detroit Lions in week one and never figure out this offense ever, are going to the Super Bowl. Back-to-back Super Bowls. If we win this, it'll be the first time in 20 years, no, 22 years, I think, um, that there's been back-to-back Super Bowl wins. But just for us to be back um, four trips to the Super Bowl now with Patrick Mahomes in the Patrick Mahomes era. Ladies and gentlemen, what what a time to be alive and what a time to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Um, we have so much to talk about. We are so excited. We are so jazzed for this. Reese, how's your week been going now that you know that this Kansas City Chiefs, this with Kadarius Tony, is going to Vegas? Well, it's like... What did I say right before the playoffs? You could have penalties, you could have red zone turnovers, or you could have drops. But you couldn't have a combination of two, let alone three of those things. And the Chiefs were doing that all year. I I didn't see a reality where magically all three of those things just stopped come playoff time. I thought we were doomed, which is why I was so morose in my predictions. But, dude, Kadarius Toney... You're on the bench. Now's not your time to be talking about this when we're trying to do you a favor and keep it under wraps. No, I, I, no, I, I thought that I, I thought that the drop passes would de- deplete because no Sky Moore and a lot of healthy scratch Kadarius Tony. I, I knew Kelsey would figure it out, right? I knew that we would probably stop passing it to MVS. So I think that. But yes, consistently, Reese, for us to go and play two MVP candidates in Tua Tungavailoa and Tyreek Hill uh, with the Miami. Dolphins beat them to then beat the MVP candidate Josh Allen Buffalo Bills in Buffalo and then go into Baltimore with the person that's gonna win the MVP Lamar Jackson and beat him at his and stop him in the run game Reese I'd in in a thousand years I would have never um predicted this script predicted this outcome i am i am absolutely shocked by what has happened in this 2022 season yeah i'd like to thank the script writers the swift writers the scripties if we can call them that but dude i, I didn't see any of this coming I've, yeah absolutely and i i know people are going to mention well there's a there was a lot of injuries in miami a lot of injuries on defense against the buffalo bills uh We saw this Baltimore Ravens team at its absolute best. We saw the number one defense in the NFL, no injuries, coming off of some incredible games. Like we we saw the Baltimore Ravens were supposed to be at their best. So I'm going to say, yes, this is the hardest that we've ever had to get to the Super Bowl. I mean, look, at first, Patrick Mahomes had never played a road game in the playoffs. He plays two in a row and beats two MVP candidates. Absolutely. This is the hardest. What do you think, Reese? Yeah, I this is yeah, this is definitely the hardest road because like you said, we were, we were underdogs both games. We had two teams that had bones to pick against us going to their place. Miami as the wild card team was not an easy draw. They still had a bunch of weapons with a Tyree Kill and Waddle on that team. Oh yeah, and, and and still and still and people forget that they had actually activated Achan. Mostert was there at that point. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle also was activated. So their offense, like you said, was at their finest. Maybe they didn't have the defense, but still the hottest offense in the NFL. Yeah. So I mean that Dolphins team is probably a team. You usually play in like the divisional round in terms of difficulty. So starting that off in the wild card was was crazy, totally. super hard wild. And, card. and again, it's not yeah. like you know, it's not like these away games where oh, we got to play at Houston in the divisional, and we have to go like to Tennessee for the conference title game. It's like no, dude, Buffalo and Baltimore are two very difficult places to play. Um, I'm trying to think what, what was last year's road. Last year's road was. Bengals in the AFC title game. Who was it in the divisional round? I keep forgetting this. Wasn't Steelers? Wasn't we can pause? No, we can no, pause no. We, we, we can talk through this. Jaguars. Titans? Jaguars. 
Remember, because... Oh, that's yeah. of course. Because then the Jaguars beat the Chargers before. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, last year was difficult, but not nearly as hard. It's like we haven't had to play... What was the only other time we played three games on the way to get there was Steelers, Bills, and then lost to Bengals in the title game. So... Yeah, right. this is this is the hardest road to get to the Super Bowl for sure, for sure. So, okay, counter question to you then: Of all these games we've played in the playoffs, what to you is the number one game? Number one game, meaning like, um, meaning that it was our best showing, or it was the hardest power ranking, win or lose, like power oh. ranking these games. Which one? Which one is like the Armando is- number one? No question this past weekend was the hardest challenge that we will have this. Like I said last week on the podcast, Reese, this was our Super Bowl. Reese, if I'm going to say if uh, if I'm going to say Brock Purdy is better than Lamar Jackson offense, I'd be I'd be kidding myself. I know it's going to be a a challenge. I know we're going to get to that, you know, a little later in the podcast and probably more next week. Um, But Reese, by far the best defense in the NFL and and a new Todd Munkin offense that was soaring before last weekend with Lamar Jackson um, like 224 yards on the ground Reese against against a pretty good D'Amico Ryan Texans defense um, so yeah I think by far last weekend was the hardest challenge the power ranking 1v1 what do you think I think in terms of my favorite games we've played I think last year's AFC title game over the Bengals. Oh wait, wait no. I I, th- I, th- I thought you meant this like this playoffs. No, no, all the play. That's why I said win oh, or lose. Then absent, oh, then sorry. Then then absolutely last year's AFC Championship game against against the Bengals, definitive win. Okay. The 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 Chris Jones game, the Frank Clark game, absolutely, absolutely. I hate the Bengals. And, and and like like you said, like finally shaking that monkey off our back too. Finally getting one over them, avenging the year prior. Them talking right. so big. And like I said, you know, we, we, we trash a lot of Bengals and Burrow and Co. on this podcast. But through this entire thing, they're the one AFC team with like a top quarterback. That yeah, that, that's like gotten one over us where it matters. So if we're going to talk rivalry games, no, I don't consider Baltimore a rival. They have not gotten in our way to a Super Bowl yet. I don't Although consider- after after this game, I don't know. I think they all hate each other. I, I think this is a rivalry for them, at least. I think we, yeah. Well, that's a lot of these AFC teams. We are their rival, but until they get sure. one over us, I'm like, I mean, Bills even they've gotten their plenty of shots in the regular season, but like we've knocked them out three times in the playoffs. So it's like, you know, hey, speaking of which, I, I was thinking of this. I was thinking of this. <laughs> We are for, for by the way for for those of you that are that are new to the podcast welcome to the podcast we we uh, we uh, normally take some time to say hello but we but look we're going to the Super Bowl it is and you are going to get a hundred percent content today Reese keep going yeah this is all content unfiltered <laughs> check out our Patreon patreon.com backslash fcsm check out Instagram at Fountain City SM that's all the tag stuff you're getting today. <laughs> Reason this is this is probably going to be like one of our like high like highest ticked episodes of of the year. And Reese goes, eh, whatever. Social media, social media. Anyway, back to the Chiefs. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I, I was sick at the beginning of the month, and it's come back with a vengeance. I think it's bronchitis now. Ugh, anyway, gathering myself. So, I should have brought this up last week against the Bills. So you know, everyone's saying. We're talking something that doesn't come up enough. I don't think it comes up enough is the curse of the Patrick Mahomes trade. Because when we drafted Patrick Mahomes... That's true. We rarely hear about this. It blows my mind. You've got Curse of the Bambino. You got... Who was it? The the Blazers took like Sam Bowie over Michael Jordan or something like that. Mm -hmm. People are so quick to forget. When we got Patrick Mahomes, we traded up to that number 10 spot. 10. And who traded us that pick to get to the 10th Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills. Now, some people say, well, they both won because, you know, the next year they used that first round pick to get Josh Allen. Okay, cool, but has Josh Allen the, or the, the 0 and 3 Josh Allen? Right. So, to, to me, how do you like this comparison? Patrick Mahomes is Michael Jordan. And Josh Allen Fair. is Charles Barkley. Wow. Oh, my. 
<laughs> Reese, uh, we can sp- <laughs> we can spend two hours on this, but we have to talk about the Baltimore Ravens at some point. But I will take the bait and say, I don't know if he's Charles Barkley. I mean, okay, if but Reese, okay. Again, this might be a two-hour conversation, so I'll try not to. If we're ranking quarterbacks in the NFL, it's Patrick Mahomes one. Who do you have two then? Um, Do you have Joe Burrow over Josh Allen? No, 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 no. In in terms of talent, I still think it's probably Josh Allen. He's just like really. So then, Josh Allen is like the Magic Johnson. Well, but Magic wasn't really like MJ's contemporary, is what Uh, I'm getting. Yeah, you're right. And you know, we're like Barkley. I know people say like, well, Josh Allen is best is like the only person to be as good as Patrick Mahomes. Then he's Carl Malone. He's Carl Malone because Carl never won. True. <laughs> Do you think Carl Malone's better than Charles Barkley all time? Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Even well, because this is why I say this is why Charles Barkley came to me is because. The one year, remember the Last Dance documentary? The, the vibe mm. kind of was like the one year Michael won a title that mm-hmm. maybe they could have lost that if things didn't bounce their the way. Phoenix Suns, yeah. Phoenix totally. Suns. Kind of like the 13 second game year. It's like, I really do think, had we not beaten the Bills, they were going to bowl over that version of the Bengals team with yeah. their squad and win the Super Bowl. No doubt. I think that no was Jordan beating Barkley in the finals, the 13 second oh, game. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I think that Charles Barkley in like a one-on-one matchup with Carl might beat him just because Charles was so dominant on all forces. And I yeah. think that, yeah, that version of the Buffalo Bills was really freaking good. Like that, you know, mm-hmm. that an unstoppable force for, for them to have, you know, Gabe Davis all over the field and be open all the time was actually pretty impressive. And to have, you know, Josh Allen be able to to wait for those spots, right? Be able to stay in the pocket, roll out. That, that was a really good Josh Allen. Um, and uh, Josh Allen, that didn't make a lot of mistakes. It's true. So you know what that makes Lamar Jackson then? Wait, don't say let me the Greg Ostertag. Oh, God. Do not dismiss the name of Greg Ostertag on this podcast, sir. Shout out Greg Ostertag. Marcus Camby. He's Dominique Wilkins. He's all flash and no substance, wow. and he never won a ring. Wow. Wow. Wow, Reese. Okay, this is a perfect segue. Should we get right into the game thing and talk about Lamar Jackson? And what in the world was going on with that Todd Munkin offensive plan? I mean, okay, let's just get into it. I'll start it. So, Reese. Oh, by the way, if if you're new to this podcast, welcome to the podcast. Yeah. Um, We are a Kansas City Chiefs podcast that talks about Kansas City Chiefs. But one thing that breaks us away from the pack of all these Kansas City Chiefs podcasts is that we also talk about craft beer but today is a special occasion we are going to the super bowl so we have so much to talk about we will not talk about craft beer today but please stay tuned particularly in the off season we're gonna talk a lot of beer anyway let's get back into it so reese the kansas city chiefs beat the baltimore ravens 17 to 10 who saw that score coming no one Mm -mm. Uh, but what did we really not see coming reese was lamar jackson and and not even that we were forcing him to throw it's lamar jackson Jackson and Todd Munkin said, we're coming into this game and we're throwing the ball. Reese, I'm going to read one stat to you. Um, the, the Baltimore Ravens only ran the ball in early downs three times oh. for a total of 15 yards, oh. which they were averaging about five yards a carry. But for some reason... It's not like they were behind, you know, 20 points. They were behind, you know, 7 to 10 points throughout the entire game. They decided to throw the ball on early downs every single time. Only three times, Reese, did they decide to run the ball on early downs and to establish a running game where they had just established with the Houston Texans 224 on the ground. Reese, what was my magic number for us to to beat Lamar Jackson? 50 yards yards. on the ground. Lamar Jackson, 54 yards on the ground. Reese, is there any reasonable explanation for the Baltimore Ravens to want to throw against the Kansas City Chiefs I think this is an all-time sports coaching gaffe I mean transcending sports transcending years this could be a top five all-time 
coaching gaffe. This would be like if wow. Floyd Mayweather entering the fight with Manny Pacquiao said, I'm going to knock this guy out. I'm just going to go at him this whole time. When Floyd Mayweather is a defensive points finesse boxer who doesn't have a lot of strength. There's no rhyme or reason for them to ditch what was working, what worked for them last week, what worked for the Bills against us last week, and to have them to come Mm -hmm. out and just say, we're going to light it up on passing, guys. We're just going to throw on every first down. It's going to be great. I have no idea what they were thinking. And I, I was hearing a couple of pundits, particularly um, Lewis Riddick, had said that the Kansas City Chiefs were really pressing the box and playing a lot of man, forcing them to find those mismatches. But at the, but at the same time, my argument still stands is they ran the ball three times for an average of five yards on those first downs. It was working like their plan worked when they for uh, when they were carrying the ball. For some reason, Todd Munkin took the bait. Maybe it's because he. He's, he's new to the NFL, and he thought, you know what? We got a one-on-one matchup with Zay Flowers and who, you know, and Jalen Watson at some point. And look, it kind of it, and it, it it was basically fool's gold, right? Zay Flowers, 115 yards, has a quote-unquote great game. Only 10 points, though, the Baltimore Ravens put up. So it's yeah, very very strange game. Hats off to Spags for right for pressing for for crowding the box having six men in there playing man but again if i'm the baltimore ravens and and it's working three times why do i give it up i agree with you reese this is one of the biggest flops that a coach could ever do in sports history in sports history okay so here's here's my question for you now bigger coaching gaffe of the weekend ravens game plan on offense against the chiefs or dan campbell going for it on both those fourth downs against the 49ers I'm going to say I'm going to say Ravens because Dan Campbell's been doing this all year and like these types of decisions got them to the place that they needed to be and Dan Campbell doubled down after the game he said I would do it again because that's how they got there with all the risks that he took and even if they would have scored those two um, those two field goals uh, I think the game would have been tied right something like that um, yeah. where where this is an all-time blow because it, like you said this is Lamar Jackson's bread and butter and they're playing against a defensive line that had one of their worst games the week prior Mm -hmm. right nothing was telling us that this was going to work this time nothing was saying that you know chris jones had a great game i I thought i I thought our defensive line played really well but when they knew that lamar was going to pass it of course you're going to have a great game right you don't have to prepare for the run game a lot of actually I think it was last year Chris Jones um, did an interview about how to play like on on the defensive line when someone is going to run and someone is going to pass. And sometimes you have to hesitate. If you know that someone's going to run, you you don't fill those gaps. You have to wait. But when Lamar Jackson is throwing 37 times. Chris Jones gets his cadence. Uh, George Karloftis gets in a rhythm and they pin their ears back and go. Right. So like, again, the defensive line did well because they knew he was going to pass. But for some reason, Lamar Jackson decided I'm <laughs> I'm going to pass this as this son of a bee. And boy, did he and boy, did it not work. So, yes, I think this was far more than the Dan Campbell fourth downs. Well, I think I even said this before the playoffs started too, where it's like. I don't like our chances in the playoffs, but if we make it to the AFC title game against the Ravens, I love our chances against the Ravens because Spags is great at shutting down, you know, quarterbacks that have an exploitable weakness. And dude, Lamar Jackson 1000% has an exploitable weakness that Spags exploited. And it did not even help. Like you said, the Todd Munkins like, okay, your strength, throw that out too. We're not even going to give you that one. I mean, here's just some stats for you. Gus Edwards and Justice Hill combined for six carries for 26 yards. How? How is that possible? I mean, Ravens, Ravens still average five yards on the ground rushing. Lamar, two designed runs all game. <laughs> That's it? They never even like and people said, "Well, they got down, they got down early." And it's like, they didn't get down early. Being no. down is down like 14 points in the third quarter. That's when you got to start mixing stuff up. 
dude, from the very onset of this game, that first drive when they went three and out, being a Chiefs fan this year, I said, oh, that wasn't just a three and out. That was a flat, lifeless, no idea what you're doing three and out. And afterwards, the Chiefs responded with a long, methodical touchdown drive to which the Ravens then responded with their only touchdown of the game, which we'll talk about this later, came on an absolute broken play. So it wasn't even like they did something. And the Chiefs responded with that with another even longer methodical touchdown drive. So at that point, dude, the Ravens' defensive psyche was shattered. They're like, these guys just pushed us around for like 20 minutes of game time. And we've had the ball for like a cumulative three minutes here. We're down 14-7. It feels like it's 21 nothing. Right. And even even them being down 17-7 for a majority of the game, uh, particularly in that second half, you can still establish in the third half to start, or to start in the third quarter, establish the run with a 7-17 to um, uh, deficit. And uh, Reese, we're, I, I think that you and I are actually bearing the lead here because we, we forget. Willie Gay, our, our best QB oh. spy, is out of the game. Oh. He's so not only, not only, do we have you know the worst showing the week prior? We have Lamar Jackson, but our QB spy isn't there, Reese. And for them to be, uh, I love Drew Drew Tranquil, but it's not like Todd Munkin said, "Oh no, it's Drew Tranquil. We we uh, we uh, better pass the ball." I'm pretty scared. I mean, all those things stacking up against them. It's like Todd Munkin was like, "Is this is this too good to be true? Is this is this Nick Saban trying to mess with me?" You know, week after week when when we when Georgia used to play him like it was one of those too good to be true moments and I have to prove myself as a coach or something all time bad and it showed after the game Reese Todd Munkin's name never showed up again in any interviews that I heard for head coaching jobs where prior Todd Munkin was having interviews for everyone after this weekend we saw a lot I think we saw maybe three um, head coaching hires none of them Todd Munkin none of them even and also same with the um, same with the uh, Lions coordinators right Lions coordinators and the Ravens coordinator except for um, McDonald the the, uh, defensive coordinator coordinator for the Ravens but you got the OC for the Ravens that all-time choked you have the Lions offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator choked none of them getting jobs right after that game I mean huge huge blunder for all of them well and what's even weird too is that the fact they called so many passing plays but they didn't even dial up their best receivers Mark Andrews and Isaiah likely combined for four for 31. They both were two. Wow. They both were two for 15 and two for 16 on the day. So it's like, you're going to tell me you're not going to target those guys. Likely has been going on a tear. Mark Andrews is a top five tight end when he's playing. So yeah, and Mark and, and Mark looked good when he played. Something else that blows my mind too, is you mentioned the fact that our, our spy athletic linebacker was out with Willie Gay. Dude, our run stopping defensive tackle and Mike Pinnell was also injured. We didn't have anyone out there designed to stop the run, and they come out and pass. That was wild. Yeah, I think I think we can put a cap in that an all-time blunder from Todd Munkin and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they had they had everything going for them, and it's like it was again, it was too good to be true. It's almost like week one to week eighteen, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantley getting the ball right in front of him, and he goes, "Wait, this is this is too easy. I'm gonna drop it." Until until Reese, this past weekend and this entirety of the playoffs, who had it on their bingo card for the NFL playoffs for the Kansas City Chiefs that MVS would 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 be the hero twice twice in a row I don't think this is the biggest story but it's a funny segue so why don't we just get into it Reese Marquez Valdez Scantley to to ice the game to finish the game off gets it right in the bread basket and he almost drops it well <laughs> he's it's coming right to him and he actually falls before he it even gets to him I forget who 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 was on him at that point but he was like five or six yards away from mvs and mvs just collapses thankfully catches the ball and there we go reese mvs having an all-time game should we do another cold snack take back for your boy marquez valdez scanley no (laughs) he had what he had what that one reception this game hold on 
he had but it but it but it was a ring of honor moment for it doesn't matter as one reception it's it's when it mattered the most marquez valdez scantling is just dan Sorensen lining up a wide receiver guys come on let's be real here <clears throat> Sorensen biffed every play blue coverage every time and but but he was still always there to make like one or two plays in the playoffs which people were like oh well you know i still think he's really good it's like no he's not clutch it's like what do they call it a broken clocks right twice a day you know or something like that you know a hermit crab finds a shell on the ocean at high tide i don't even know at this point but <clears throat> the important thing is marquez valdez scantling made a big play i'll give him that he made a big play I appreciate him coming through in the clutch. It was uh, it was very impressive. The one thing I will say, which Armando, you mentioned the fact that like he almost dropped it. Right. So it's not just the fact that he caught it, but it's the fact that like this is a pass that he drops 10 times out of 10. He had yep. to track a ball. He had to adjust to the ball. And then he had to bring in the ball. Like, I thought the minute he hit the ground, that ball was just going to pop out. It was going to, like, pop out and go right up to that dude. Yeah, I mean, it was really close. <laughs> so so here's my thing. You heard my joke that MVS is Dan Sorensen and wide receiver, right? Right. I think MVS in reality is just Frank Clark at wide receiver. Yeah, Overpaid. sure. Overpaid. A detriment to our payroll, a complete ghost for most of the regular but season. But in the playoffs. Closes playoff games with like one or two plays. It's like, are you serious? You know what? Okay, fine. Whatever. Sure. <laughs> playoff Clark. Hey, look, and it, it got the job done. Honestly, I feel like we we were going to win that game anyway, even if he missed that. But it just it just makes for a great storyline. And I'm starting to figure out that it's actually Patrick Mahomes that is trying to get um, Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantley within the offense. Apparently, um, during during practices, Pat is constantly throwing it to Marquez Val- uh, Valdez-Scantley. I forget who reported that. It was like... Um I don't know who said it. Someone someone said it this week that like Pat purposefully goes to these guys like Kadarius Tony and and Marcus Valdez Scanling, and in practice he is spamming these guys and saying I'm gonna get you the ball. Don't worry, I'm gonna get it to you. I'm gonna get it to you. So it's Pat. Pat is the one that's saying you know what. <laughs> If if we lose this game, this is on me because I'm trying to get these boys the ball, which I'm sure we'll talk about more Super Bowl preview next week. But that could be a foreshadow as to what's going to happen in the Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, he's like targeting him at practice, like Peyton Manning United Way style, and just like beaming him in the back of the head. Like, turn around, <laughs> bright eyes. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, it, it whatever Pat did, it worked this week. Got his confidence up. Got him making one of the biggest plays in Chiefs history to put us into the Super Bowl with with this motley crew with Patrick Mahomes but we have this motley crew here Reese but there is one constant and that con- well there's two constants of course Patrick Mahomes but another constant particularly in the playoffs is tight end Travis Kelsey oh. baby Travis Kelsey having a hell of a game 11 receptions on 11 targets for 116 yards with a touchdown Reese are you are you still shocked that Travis Kelsey can do this week after week at his age? You know, I am a little bit just because, you know, I know he took week 18 off and he's like, I want to save myself for the playoffs. And I'm like, okay, yeah, maybe he'll go for like 50, 60 yards per game in the playoffs instead of like 30, 40. But no, the fact that he went 11 for 11 for a buck 16 and a touchdown, dude. I, can we can we put the Travis Kelsey Gronk comparisons to bed at this point, please? Yeah, like we, we yeah, not even close. We we can't keep talking about Gronk's one season that he was super dominant, and you know the hypothetical. Well, if you would have stayed healthy, he didn't stay healthy. There's no guarantee that he doesn't just fall off a cliff if he keep you know if he's able to keep playing. And the fact that he's like what a year older than Kelsey, and Kelsey's still putting up these numbers compared to Gronk. Yep. Yep. No comparison. No, it's it's not. Travis Kelsey is now passing Jerry Rice for records. Jerry Rice, who Jerry Rice records are not too dissimilar from like the John Stockton 
you know, assist record. Yeah, assists or like Kareem like points or Kareem record. points or now LeBron or uh, you know uh, who is it? Wayne Gretzky points in the NFL. One of those sure. things was just like it's it's like two full careers worth, dude. Kelsey is catching those. What blocking numbers is Gronk catching that makes him so all time? None. You know what? Reese, hot, hot, hot take Mondo. We we shouldn't be having Kelsey Gronk um, debates. We should be having Kelsey Jerry Rice Randy Moss debates. I mean, and if you want to get into this right now, Randy Moss got no playoff stats. The only thing he's tied with Kelsey in playoff numbers wise is Super Bowl losses. Oh, so (laughs) no, Jerry Rice, though, it's like, again, there's a guy who had incredible longevity, who people never found a way to slow down an all time route runner. Who is this sounding like? It's sounding like Travis Kelsey. You know, absolutely. And and sorry to interject, but but also against a a Baltimore Ravens linebacking core that is that not all time, but definitely elite. You got all pro Kyle Hamilton. You got all pro Roquan Smith. You got all pro Patrick Queen. Right. You got you got former all pro Ronald Darby. You got a lot of these guys that are crowding Kelsey. But again, Kelsey time after time against the best. I think this linebacking core is better than than the San Francisco 49ers linebacking core. And if and if Kelsey can do it here, if he can find space being double teamed by some of the best and brightest in the league, like, woo, I am I am ready to play some San Francisco 49ers, baby. Well, and here's something else, too. If we're going to go to the, the Grant Kelsey well. So people forget that Rob Gronkowski's one weakness actually was being defended by a very physical safety. Prior to the second Achilles tear on Eric Berry, Eric Berry around the league was actually known as like a Rob Gronkowski killer. That debut game with Kareem Hunt, Eric Berry shut him down. Now, two guys in the league right now with Travis Kelsey being Kyle Hamilton and Derwin James, both of them are like designed in a lab to cover Travis Kelsey. And you know what? Neither of them can still cover Travis Kelsey. It's insane. Yeah, I'd honestly, Reese, Kelsey, we, we are so lucky as Kansas City Chiefs fans because we have a Kelsey that, albeit a little older, but he's finding space against elite talent. And guess what? We get uh, we, we we get a fresh Travis Kelsey for the playoffs, or sorry, for the Super Bowl. We get another Travis Kelsey gets a week off, and then we get like fresh legs Kelsey, also going up against George Kittle, right? You you know when when those two go up against each other. And of course, he's playing for the Super Bowl. But when you got another tight end that like is your friend and someone that you respect as a tight end, like you know he's gonna bring it. I'm I'm so excited for Travis Kelsey. Shout out to him, man. Shout out to another guy out there making plays, redeeming himself. That's right, Legereus Sneed. Mm. Reese, we gotta talk about Legereus Sneed because Legereus Sneed has another Ring of Honor Chiefs defining playoff. Uh, play moment when Zay Flower cooks him. Zay Flower starts to taunt him, and Legereus Sneed says, "You know what? Don't worry, guys. I got this." Does the punch out in the end zone when Zay Flowers is about to score? We actually may have ruined Zay Flowers' career, Reese. He has he has an all time rookie career. Um, has 115 yards in this game, and the, that sequence, that drive, may have ruined him. Reese, Legereus Sneed, what do you think? Dude, Legereus Sneed was a beast for being able to get back into coverage on that broken play to get to Zay Flowers, to not get put on skates and tackle Zay Flowers, so he has the opportunity to punch the ball out at the goal line and completely pants Zay Flowers. Dude, Legereus Sneed has allowed, what is it, one touchdown pass all season and it was last week against Shakir, I think? Yep, yep. Dude, Legereus Sneed is playing at an extremely high level right now. He's the fantastic thunder to the lightning that is Trent McDuffie. You know, McDuffie being kind of the skillful, I'm going to corral you type guy. Legereus Sneed being the more physical, I'm going to get in your head kind of guy. It's a great tandem. Here's the question, though. Can we pay Legereus Sneed and keep him for the next few years, or do you think he's gone? Ah. <laughs> Why do you have to burst my bubble? We're we're going to the Super Bowl. I'm trying to have a good time, Reese. I mean, we got to um, talk so, about it. So originally, 
during the middle of the season, I said, let's go ahead and drop him. I was like, you know, we have we have Trent McDuffie. I think Trent can play into this Snead role and play against the best wide receivers in the league. But we're seeing time and time again that this is like a beyond special player and an X factor, right? It, this this Chiefs defense is absolutely predicated on Legereus Snead going up against the best wide receivers. And that's when this Chiefs defense plays at its best. Yes, of course, the 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 defensive line's playing well, linebackers, right? We have Drew Tranquil coming in just like it's like clockwork, right? But that only happens when we can take away your best receiver. Can Trent McDuffie do that? Maybe. Maybe, but Trent hasn't had to do that this season, right? So Legere Sneed we know can do that and we know that if he does that, that's going to dictate one of the best defenses not this year but in all time yes we have to pay Legereus Sneed now Reese we need to bring him back I'm okay dropping Willie Gay I'm okay dropping True Tranquil I'm okay not re-signing Chris Jones I'm okay with with all these things I think we need him back in order for this team to be special well and especially with I mean the absolute worst timing of Charles Amenu tearing his ACL like uh, you know, the, yeah, he's dropped too. Well, yeah, the, the timeline now is where he has that injury. It's like he's not going to be back for at least like almost all of next year too. Now, mid, yeah, may, best case is mid season next year. So, like, assuming Chris Jones is probably gone because he's going to ask too much money, and Charles Menehue's gone, it's like suddenly you're going to need a secondary that can get you some coverage sacks because our defensive line is going to look like absolute doo-doo next year, potentially. And Trent's still on rookie contract, so... Trent's still on rookie contract. We got Carl Ops on the rookie contract. So, I like the idea of paying Legereus Sneed. I'm hoping we can keep him at a team-friendly, like, $15 million a year for three years or something like that, you know? I mean, it's better than paying Jones, like, 30-some million. Um, the the thing that, you know I'm scared of is is, is the Chicago Bears. <laughs> the the Bears are going to drop the absolute bank on Legereus Sneed because they already have a great. Um, I think I forget it's not Roshan Johnson, but uh, they have they have a really great um, safety out there, a, yuk, a rookie where it's on their rookie contract. I I don't I forget who it is. I don't trust the Bears. Let's say they get Legereus Sneed. I don't trust the Bears utilizing him properly. I think he's actually kind of a very specific type of guy which go back and listen to our draft episode from 2020 when we got him we were talking about how he was kind nice. of a hybrid safety corner very physical very athletically gifted a little tall for the position so we said okay this is like a spags type guy built in a lab let's see what spags does with them and every year spags has now got his absolute just like one man wrecking crew i don't think someone else is gonna just like be able to hop in spags custom car and get it to work Hey, there's there's a reason why. Um, oh shoot, now I'm forgetting his name. It's not Getzy. Who's who's the head coach in uh, in Chicago? Eberflus. Yeah, there's a reason why he kept his job. Like that 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 Chicago Bears team has had the most takeaways last year. They had the most interceptions and fumbles in the NFL on defense. Like it's a it's a really great defense. So I think you know Ryan Poles scouting Snead right when he was on the Chiefs. I think he's he's gonna give Snead the the bank. It's whether Snead wants to repeat and make this you know again the most elite defense in nfl history reese i'm I'm gonna say one one thing to back that up um the kansas city chiefs this year have held their opponents to less than 23 points i believe 20 times now and that is more than anyone else in NFL history. That is more than 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 the 2000 Ravens. No one has scored more than 24 points on this Kansas City Chiefs defense. I'm not going to say it's the best defense ever, but Reese, this is now in the conversation of elite defenses ever not just 2023 we can say we're the best in 2023 but we can now say that this is an upper echelon defense that i hope we can we can have again again that's the reason why we need legerious need because this team is legitimately special maybe not going to rival the 2000 ravens but we can now kind of be on that list you know that's a very good point i think they're going to have to finish this super bowl in a dominating fashion particularly with highlights of harassing Brock Purdy to make it happen. But I would just like to say that when I came out earlier in the year and I said, this is potentially the best defense and then abridged it to say secondary since the Legion of Boom, I meant it. 
Oh, yeah. And this year, we had people saying, no, the Browns is the best defense. I said, the Browns has yeah. been lit up for multiple 30 burgers. And what happened in the playoffs? The Browns got lit up for multiple 30 burgers. So then people said, well, this Ravens team has like a potentially even better than 2000s Ravens defense. Okay, they held us to 17 points where we left a ton of points on the board. But what's more What's more impressive? Ever, a lot of people held the Chiefs to 20 or under this year or right about there. Or is it more impressive Broncos. That, or is it more impressive that we held the team that had the number one scoring offense in the league to ten points? To ten points. So yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, yeah, Reese, hats off to Reese for calling this. And I definitely thought you were crazy at the moment when you did say that this Kansas City Chiefs team was as good as those two thousand Ravens. I did say that this Cleveland Browns defense was special and elite and uh, was going to be the best and I yeah definitely proven wrong there um, I was not expecting this Kansas City Chiefs defense to be absolutely bonkers and like you said to go into Baltimore have a definitive game to go to the Super Bowl from this team from the Bills against you know against the three I, Reese I think these are the three best offenses in the NFL period better than yeah. the 49ers better than the Lions better than the Packers I don't know who else is in, in, in the NFC better better than the Eagles right these are the three best offenses in in the past few years I would say right the uh, Miami Dolphins scoring 70 uh, this Bills team maybe not the best offense but after they fired Joe Brady they're on this quote-unquote tear and then this Ravens offense right is Everyone was saying absolutely elite. So for us to do this, Reese, such a special team, such a great time that we're having in Kansas City. Shout out to Spags and shout out to this amazing defense. Now, speaking of the Ravens, there's some other stuff I kind of want to point out in this game. Can can we we, uh, go back to the Ravens game here real quick? Yeah, that's actually all the things that I have. So, yeah, why don't you take it away? What do you got? So one thing that's been grinding my gears for a while and this has been for multiple seats. I don't know how long it's been a stat, but it feels like it's been very popular in this like modern analytics age and all that stuff. Was coming into this game, I said, this Ravens team feels just like the same song and dance we saw in 2019, which is, oh, look, they have the best record in the AFC. Oh, look, Lamar's going to win MVP. Oh, look, they're blowing out good teams with so many points on offense. Oh, look, they're stomping crappy teams with their defense. All this to say, people kept pointing to DVOA. So when I was coming into this game, I saw on multiple occasions people saying, this Ravens team has an all-time blank, blank, blank. Or this Ravens team has possibly one of the best this of the past this. DVOA is an absolute empty calorie garbage can statistic that people use to point to things when they're lazy and want to justify their own paper-thin opinions. Watching this Ravens team throughout the year, I said, nothing about this Ravens team screams one of the best of the last decade, or I even heard one of the best of the last 25 years or potentially all time. People were comparing them to the 2007 Patriots in terms of dominance. Wow. I was never whelmed or dominanced by this Ravens team. And what happens? We show up with our like four speed Honda Civic of an offense, have our way with that defense. And then their offense is so bad. And our defense is so dominant that in the second half, Pat said, I basically just took the half off since I knew they couldn't score. So I didn't try anything. Wow. That's it. Reese just, just went totally in on these Baltimore Ravens. I, I Okay, to say to, oh, yes. So, uh, shout out to Reese because Reese did say yeah, last week, he said, this Ravens team has not been punched in the mouth before. And once they get punched in the mouth, will they be able to fight back? And Reese was right. They, they like, I don't I don't know if you've seen some of those, um, those NFL um mic'd up moments from the game but there's one point where uh it's after the charles 
Amenehu strip, or was it Charles? Was yeah, somebody? Amenehu, yeah, yeah. So, so Amenehu strips Lamar, and, and and Lamar is like absolutely shook because he had Zay Flowers completely open. It was going to go for six, um, and he sits down with 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 OBJ on the bench, and he was like, "What is going on? I can't believe we can't get anything going," and they're just in absolute shock, right? And that's what happens when it when a darling team gets punched in the mouth again. It's an experienced team. They they are in absolute shock during the game. And Reese, I would say the the last darling team to do well is the Kansas City Chiefs. They're the last ones that were able to, you know, it's just actually no. The Kansas City Chiefs, even when they were the darling of the NFL, lost to Tom Brady in, um, the very first time with with the with the Chris Jones offside um, infraction. No, the- right. So so so. Sorry, Chris Jones had the fluffing the passer. D Ford was offsides. Oh, sorry. D- oh, we had two on that. Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, I we forgot did. about that. Yeah, we did. <laughs> sorry, the fluffing the passer. But but every time that there is this darling of the NFL, these new guys, when it comes to the playoffs, it's all about experience, Reese. And you can see that throughout the Kansas City Chiefs winning last year, um, the Rams winning the year before, the the Tom Brady Buccaneers, um, the you know Tom Brady New England Patriots. All these guys are experienced. These are experienced teams, Reese. These are teams that have been punched in the mouth before and are able to adapt. Lamar Jackson wasn't punched in the mouth. Josh Allen only gets punched in the mouth by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Joe Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow makes it all the way to the Super Bowl and has one of the worst Super Bowl showings I've ever seen. It, so you have all, um, and also Jalen Hurts, right? Jalen Hurts and that Philadelphia Eagles team. They people thought that that was one of the best offensive teams in the NFL, juxtaposed to this year where we thought they were going to clean house this year. AJ Brown's looking for a new home. Right. Um, Jason Kelsey is retiring. Um, it's so hard to make it in the league. It is so hard to win a Super Bowl, Reese. And the Kansas City Chiefs seem to be the only ones that are able to, you know, year after year after year and have that experience. So goodbye, Ravens. Goodbye, darlings. Well, and, you know, watching it, I think it's I think it comes down to this. The Ravens don't get anyone's best shot during the season. That's why you see him dunk on all these teams. That's why you see all these five touchdown games by Lamar when they run up the score. That's what they do. On the flip side, the Ravens don't get another team's best shot until playoff time, which is why they always fold and they look so bad against the playoff teams that are hot or the playoff teams that are really good. Now, the inverse of this, look at the Chiefs. You hear it every week from the... Right, get beat week one. You get beat week one, but why is that? And you hear this so often by like commentators. You hear it so often in comment section. The Chiefs are a lot of teams Super Bowl. Everybody wants to take like their best swing at them. So during the regular season, we know this. And they're like, you know what? We're going to play. We're going to show. But we're not going to dead sprint every heat to the finals. So what happens to the final once they get to the playoffs? They're used to taking the best shots from all these teams, and they say, okay, time to lean forward in our gamer chair, time to give you our best shot in return. And what happens? You get playoff Mahomes, dude. Yeah, another no, that's a really great point. To add to that point, um, Clark Hunt actually in his interview afterward had said people forget that Andy Reid has some of the most challenging offseason drills, you know, uh, pre pre preseason in camp at St. Joe's. Those are some of the, the hardest workouts, some of the hardest training sessions that teams do. And there's a reason for that, right? Because that makes our team gritty when it comes to the playoffs. They've done so much in the offseason so much in the preseason that Andy's made them do in camp that they are prepared for moments like this they are gritty it's not only experience but Andy puts them through hell in the beginning and that's something I, I always forget about I'm like yeah no Andy Andy like knows we're gonna make the playoffs and Andy knows these things are gonna happen and we get these guys prepared and like 
I've I've never seen a Kansas City Chiefs defense hit so hard. Like last year, you started to see it. it like towards the end of the season, I was like, wait, we're starting to really hit. But now it's like I'm afraid when Nick Bolton is coming at you. Like I'm afraid when Drew Tranquil's coming at you. I'm afraid when when Mike Pinnell, like you said, Mike Pinnell, like coming back from from you know years ago, coming back. I'm afraid when all these guys are coming at you because it's such a tough defense, such an experienced team. So excited, man. Well, you got to hand it off to Brett Veach and Spags. They did a great job of really acquiring a lot of like football guys, a lot of meat and potatoes. Just no. I mean, for real, though, (laughs) you saw they were able to stop the bleeding after the 2019 AFC title game. You know, they kind of rebuilt the defense. They won a Super Bowl, made another one, but then lost to the Bengals. That defense was very soft by the time the Bengals came around. They didn't want to hit. They didn't swarm tackle. They just kind of they, they kind of hit instead of tackling, which made me think of this point the other day, which is Justin Reed and how big oh. of a catalyst he's been. Am I right? So so good. Justin Reed seeing so many blitz packages, hidden hit Lamar Jackson like it was you know meant to be. Now I know your hot take, Mondo, and hot takes are your thing on this show. But do you mind if I drop it, a blazing hot take right here? Let it rip, Reese. We we probably have a lot of new audience members. We 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 need to keep the content, keep it going. Let's let's hear it. Justin Reed is playing better, is more important, and plays more fierce. Don't say than Eric Berry. Than Tyron Matthew did. Oh gosh, you're gonna scare me with uh, Eric Berry. Uh, wow. Hmm. Tyron liked to talk a big game, but how many times on the field did you see him just kind of like hitting dudes, yeah. shoving dudes, throwing his arms up, stuff like that? Where ever since Justin Reed got his head bounced like a basketball by, uh, oh, what was his name? P. Ryan on the Bengals last year. That like knocked mm. the soft out of him, and now he's an absolute dog. Yeah, Tyron, Tyron is like Marcus Peters where like Tyron shows up in big games. He he's known for turnovers, but Tyron's small. Like Tyron's not a big guy and then he's speedy, but he like you said he's not built. Where like Justin Reed is scary. Justin Reed's actually pretty tall too in comparison than like a guy like Marcus Peters or a guy like uh, uh, Tyron Matthew. Um no, absolutely. I I love Justin Reed and like you said that that woke him up. And there's so many guys like that on this team that have really woken up, right? Like Tershawn Warden, like uh, Mike Dana, you know, McDuffie, all, all these dudes have just really, really turned the corner of George Karloftis. I mean, look at last year. You and I were saying like, ah, oh, he's, he's almost there. He's so close. Now he's featured on this team, Reese, and he's making, he's showing up making big plays, has a sack and a tackle for a loss against the Baltimore Ravens. A lot of these guys like Justin Reed, man. Well, <coughs> sorry. And that's one thing that's impressive about our defense. And this team as a whole is their toughness. And Baltimore came into this game kind of with fake tough guy toughness. And you know what happened? A lack of discipline did the team in. Eight penalties for 95 yards with four personal fouls. You see, that works when they're playing in the AFC North, which I have to admit, I've said this, I think, in a group chat a million times. AFC North primetime games are much must watch for me. Because that is some just like mm-hmm. dirty, tough, grinded yeah. out, hard hitting football. Now that works when you're playing in division against your division rivals that play like that. But in a game like this, where you got a team who's going to keep cheap shotting you, cheap shotting you, cheap shotting you, you expect to have the other team cheap shot you back to kind of balance out those penalties you're taking. And it didn't happen. So what happened was Baltimore lost their cool throughout this game. While Kansas City, like you said, being experienced, was feeding off of them, was baiting them, was laughing in their face when they headbutted them. It's like, guys, you got played. You got beat on all accounts. This was like when Michael Jordan got over the bad boy Pistons by just like kept looking forward, kept scoring on them. And eventually the Pistons lost their composure and lost their grip over the Bulls. 
Yeah. Although I would say the Pistons were just always, they're always pretty, pretty crazy and undisciplined. <laughs> they were, they were. But yes, for this, for this Harbaugh, for a Harbaugh defense that is like predicated on discipline, um, for them to not have discipline or for like Harbaugh to not get them focused during the game, because it was from quarter one to quarter four that we were seeing a lot of back and forths. Of course, we saw the just, even Justin Tucker, right? The, the, like the classiest individual in the NFL He's who's you know the 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 opera singer he's over here talking smack you you know that they all had the utmost confidence in this game for for them to try to poke the bear of kelsey and patrick mahomes in in a in in a pregame warm-up like that that shows you that they they thought that they were you know that their their ass didn't stink well it's so funny because you mentioned justin tucker shenanigans but i mean one that's not talked about as much as like arthur molay was also on the sidelines you know jawing at our like entire team oh, yep mm-hmm. and then like i saw that too and again so then the team comes out and swarms against him and suddenly you know he's he's acting like what i do what i do what i do it's like dude why were you jawing at our team in the first place so i, I have to admit between the pregame shenanigans by both of these baltimore players and the complete lack of discipline and the cheap shots that were going on in this game most of which were caught and flagged properly I'm a little disappointed, I'm a little surprised, and I'm a little upset at John Harbaugh, who I think is usually a very well-buttoned-up, disciplined coach. I'm like, some of this stuff feels a little coached, man. You know, going out and tell them, hey, hey gouge their oh, eye sure. a little bit. Hey, punch yeah, yeah. them in the d- you can, you know? So Yeah, it definitely know. felt a little Sean Payton-y for me. Yeah, it, it felt a little Sean Payton-y. He said, we, without telling him, I don't believe in you guys, I think he was kind of like, we have to even this playing field as much as we can, even that if that means getting down and dirty and doing it, you know? Wow. Well, who has it better than us, John Harbaugh? The Kansas City Chiefs, because we're going to the Super Bowl, baby. Super Bowl bound. Reese, any, anything else before we... Um, we can do like a little hint into our Super Bowl preview, but of course we have a week, so we can we can really break down. I actually have only watched a little bit of the 49ers-Lions game, and I really want to go back to that and see if Brock Purdy's real. To see if that like second half Brock Purdy is an actual thing. And if it's not, then I'm really excited. If it is, I'm like kind of question mark. How, how did that happen? Or are, are we going to see some of that in the Super Bowl? This 49ers team is the culmination of them just like having this science experiment of like what is the absolute most you can stack an offense, pair it with the absolute lowest common denominator quarterback you can and still win a Super Bowl. I mean, I kid you not, they have baby-proofed this team for Brock Purdy as much as they possibly can to the fact that it's like, Kittle. Okay, I'm going to say, he was the best tight end in football this year. He had more yards than Kelsey, healthier than Kelsey. He was the best tight end in football this year. Christian McCaffrey, best running back in football. Trent Williams, best left tackle in football. Debo Samuel, kind of a one-of-one Swiss Army knife that can attack him in different ways. Brandon Ayuk. Probably a top 20 wide receiver, if we're going to be honest here. Yeah, really great this year. They they even have an S-tier fullback in Kyle Juszczyk, dude. It's like every position at that team is bubble-wrapped for Brock Purdy. Now, here's my problem with this. When you go back and watch that second half, there are two Mm -hmm. plays that, again, it's like, yeah, Purdy technically completed passes, but one was like, a third down where I think he like threw the ball to nobody and like Brandon Ayuk like jumped up backwards and like one hand brought it down with a guy on him, kind of like Justin Jefferson. So I'm like, okay, that was a bailout play. But then later on, Purdy overthrows his dude by a good like five yards. The the Lions guy goes back to catch it, doinks off his face mask. Ayuk full lays out to catch the face mask doink like inside the 10. And it's just like, we're, we're not giving Purdy credit for either of those, right? Like <laughs> both of those should have been picked off pretty easy. So I don't know if he, he's like his luck slider turned up to 99 or what. But <laughs> dude, I mean, I, I, I'll, I'll have to go back to like really do an in-depth analysis on whether Purdy's available or not. But just from like the eye test right now, if Legereus Need can stop Debo Samuel and we can hold Christian McCaffrey to under 100 yards, which the Lions did, by the way, Christian mm. McCaffrey having 90, um, 90 yards on the ground against the Lions, 
then I I don't think this game is close. Really? I think close? if Le, Le, I, I think if Legarius Sneed stops Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey has under a hundred yards, even two touchdowns, fine. I don't think this game is close. Oh man. I hope and this and and this could be me with rose colored glasses after a really definitive win by the Kansas City Chiefs. But Reese, right now, without watching the Lions 49ers game, I have no stock in Brock Purdy. I have stock in when we've played the 49ers the past two games. Um, I have stock in that 49ers game that was a day after my my son was born. And McCole Hartman had four touchdowns. And we shut down that offense. Reese, those are things that I'm taking stock in. Again, I'll go back and really look. But Reese, this game could potentially be a blowout. I don't think we have a good enough offense to have it be a blowout. Here's what's worrying me. What's worrying me ultimately is the fact that like I'm feeling comfortable and optimistic about this game, and then and then we become the Baltimore Ravens to the you know the 49ers who are the Kansas City Chiefs in this absolutely. But on the flip side, like I said, Spags is terrific at exploiting quarterbacks that have big exploitable weaknesses, and you know are we going to say that Brock Purdy's not one of those guys? Because we've seen what happens when you can get pressure on him. It's, it's not good. I think the other thing, too, to, to bring up is we've talked about this a bit, but this Niners defense is not the Niners defense that has been. They've been on a downward trend since we played them in that first Super Bowl. When we played them in that 2020 Super Bowl, that was a bunch of dogs. You know, like that defensive line was better. Sure. More, a lot of their good players on defense were younger. Like, even at this point right now, someone like Fred Warner, like, is Fred Warner actually good still? Or is Fred Warner only good because he was a good linebacker on that 2020 team? Wow, I don't I think I, I th- like Fred Warner is good, but but Fred Warner is is four years detached from there. Like yeah. Fred Fred Warner is four years older. Uh, Nick Nick Bosa is good, but he's four years older. Like they they had their chance. Like they absolutely were the best defense in the nfl at that point they are not the best defense in the nfl they're good right now but they're they are not the baltimore ravens good they're not even uh decent buffalo bills good well they're not and you know baltimore blew the doors off of san francisco when they played them on christmas dropped 33 on them and i i what's the stat right now it's something like they're allowing something like 26 points per game over their last three or four games or something like wow. that so it's not look. it's not particularly impressive. You know, I, I could be wrong. It might be in the playoffs they're allowing like twenty eight points per game or something like that. No, you no, you're you're right. So let's see. I'm looking right now. Jordan Love scoring twenty four on him. Mm-hmm. Um, Stafford twenty one on or twenty on him. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Even even Kyler Murray almost thirty points on on this team. Like, uh, yeah. So. Their defense kind of feels like our defense the year we won the Super Bowl, which is like that's a very middle-of-the-road unit that has a couple players with some upside on them. But other than that, the problem is their offense is still loaded to the gills, like I said. Like our defense is going to have their hands full, keeping all these guys under wraps. And I don't expect Kyle Shanahan to have kept his head under a rock for the last week. He saw the Bills game. He saw the Ravens game and said, oh, sure. yeah, oh, he's, I'm not going to yeah. try passing on this team. I'm going to hand it off to the best running back and the best out-of-the-backfield wide receiver in football and wear him down. I expect yeah. a huge helping of that, which is why I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Well, and Kittle, uh, well, uh, to look at this, Kittle, three three targets, two receptions for 27 yards against the Lions, too. Really? So. That that kind of that kind of helps me, but okay, I see what you mean. I know Kyle Shanahan is like not going to sleep for the next two weeks. Yeah, and I know he's going to have an, a really impressive game plan. But I'm just saying, like they they are playing against Spags, who just shut down Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, and Tyreek Hill, uh, Joe Burrow in the beginning of the year. You know, all all the elite guys, and now he's up against Brock Purdy. I'm going to say the, the watch this if they're not just like running the ball down our throat all game when they pass they will be getting the ball out of Brock Purdy's hands in under two and a half seconds oh yeah I mean just Mm -hmm. the minute it snapped one two throw 
if 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 Andy Reid is one of the best um, screen play d- designers in the NFL, Kyle Shanahan is going to steal everything from Andy and just try to do the most screen plays ever to kind of get this to get Debo going, to get Ayuk going, to get McCaffrey going, and to get uh, Purdy from making any mistakes. So yeah, look, we'll, why don't we get to a lot of this next week, Reese? I have something funny to end the podcast. Do you know when 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 I said that? Um, this game could potentially be what the AFC championship game was, meaning that the Kansas city chiefs would, would become the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what if, what if Andy goes, we, we have this in the bag, Pat, you're going to run the ball 40 times (laughs) and and we're going to do so many QB sneaks, tush pushes that they they aren't, they aren't ready for it, Pat. We're going to, we're going to need you to run 200 yards on the ground this time. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's not a bad comparison if he suddenly turned us into like a triple option team going against the Ravens. Can like, you believe it? I mean, yeah, that's that's basically what Todd Munkin did. It's like it's like if Pat was if, if like we saw all these QB sneaks where where he got his leg snapped in half that one time and we see all those plays come back. Well, I mean, you saw that play against the Ravens where like Pat got folded like a Madden AI guy and then oh like Oh my gosh, I was so scared. He wasn't down yet. Yeah, freaking Gumby, baby. And actually credit to netflix when 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 we saw the quarterback whatever yeah where where we see him do these crazy flexibility things oh yeah i mean the moments like that that's why that matters i mean hats off to his to his trainer that they do these like these crazy things during the the season to get him flexible like that but yeah that was really scary that was like uh oh season's over yeah dude we need to take more baseball bat to the ankle training or whatever it was All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Reese, do you have anything else before we uh, before we break off? Uh, no, it's, it's super exciting to be back in the Super Bowl. I'm very thankful for the opportunity that the team gets. Uh, it, it's been a crazy run. I did not think the Chiefs had it in them this year because normally they start playing well after the bye around like week 11 or 12. And they played worse after the bye after week 11 or 12. So, you know, like Hillary Duff said, miracles happen once in a while. <laughs> Yes, this has been an absolute miracle. Kansas City Chiefs fans, or maybe we got some T Swift fans here. First of all, welcome T Swift fans. We 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 hope the best for Taylor and her Grammys this next weekend. Um, thank you for for watching us today. This this is such a joy for us to talk about this Kansas City Chiefs team. We don't take anything for granted. In fact, go back on our podcast. We have over a hundred, probably a hundred fifty episodes at this point, where we have documented the majesty of Kansas City, the majesty of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, all these magical moments. And Reese, I'm just so thankful that I can share this time with you to to relive these great moments that we're going to tell our grandkids, that our grandkids are going to have on the next Spotify or whatever is Spotify in the next 40 years. And they're going to listen to us talking about all these great moments. And we, we are cementing ourselves in Kansas City history with, with celebrating all the these things race so i'm just i'm just happy to be here man it's a great time to be a kansas city chiefs fan love patrick mahomes love andy reed and we love you kansas city chiefs fans thank you for watching us today thank you for following us uh reese at the end we'll do an automated blurb so make sure that you follow us on social media if you love what you listen to please donate on patreon and as always let's do a final let's go chiefs and we'll have some more content for you next week really breaking down this super bowl but in the meantime here we go Three, two, one. Let's, Let's go, Chiefs! We're going to the Super Bowl! We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. <laughs>